The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. Another slow start for the orange, but a recovery late in the first half. Helped set the tone for the rest of the game as Syracuse beats Cornell. For the 42nd straight time, 78 to 63, they improved to 8 and 4. You'll hear from us and we'll hear from you and fan feedback. And the Orge will continue with conference play uh, from here on out as they face Pitt this Tuesday upcoming at our favorite scheduled time, 9 o'clock. We'll let you know mm. what we think about that. All kinds of football news um, is the norm. That's how things go now. And um, <laughs> so here we go. Are you ready? Uh, let's do this uh, out of order that I have it written down because things just kind of been going crazy. So Garrett Williams, as we figured, he, he's declared for the draft. I, mean, I don't think that's a huge surprise. Sean Tucker did not do the senior walk at the last home game of the year for the Orange, but he has declared for the NFL draft too. Yep. So... Um, with that said, I mean, yeah, it sucks. You know, um, well, Quint Allen, we'll see what happens there. But not a huge surprise, though. Not a huge surprise. And I'm not sure if it's the best decision either. But it's not for me. It's not a decision for me. It's for the, no. it's for, it's for them. So, yeah. you know, well. I think it's always best to, to give it another year because I'm a fan. So but we're fans, but at the end of the day, right? Like if he's going to get drafted top three rounds and he's got guaranteed money, then you don't waste. I mean, you don't take an opportunity to, to hurt yourself. You know and, what I mean? And right. That, and also, you know, running backs in the NFL is a, um, they're, they're in dire need. It's a hot commodity. So mm, it's true. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, someone with his talent level, despite the numbers that he put up this year, which were good, they were absolutely, um, they were good, but they weren't, you know, the type Last of numbers year. that, right, that you thought maybe he could, he could, he could put up right. 1,060 yards for the year. And I think, you know, the biggest kicker for me because of, just you know, getting this extra game and getting to play in in the bowl. I don't really care what it is. Extra game. He's not going to play in that game. So, and by the way, we it was Emily Leaker. Is that her name for Syracuse.com? Anyway, she had an article explaining that 
if you uh, go into the transfer portal, as long as you're not committed anywhere verbally or otherwise, you are allowed to play. It's up to the coach, really. So, um, right. uh, we talked about that in the last show. But yeah, so he's not going to be able to play in the in the upcoming bowl game. So, I mean, look, it's going to be a good opportunity for some of these guys to really get some burn. And who will be in that bowl game is Rocky Long. So, he's going to really? be the new. Yeah. Yep. I don't think he's going to be coaching that, right? I think I read he's coaching, dude. Now you're going to make me go back through and find this. Um, let me no. first figure out where I found it. So, um, I, I have, thought that they had already I have, called. I have noons written down. Huh? I thought that they had already said that um, Nick Monroe was going to be the interim coach for this, the bowl game. But. This was before Rocky Long, though. Right. So, well, let, let's let's just well, I'll 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 double check that. Okay. okay. I don't want to yeah. get over my skis, but I'm pretty sure I read that uh, at noon. So he's going to be leaving the Lobos of New Mexico. He's dubbed as the 335 architect and um, someone that knows it well. So that's going to stay in place. Um, he actually recruited Just and coached Tony, Tony White at UCLA. Um, all of that, according to noon. I did not know that. So let's see. Uh, Joe, regardless of whether or not he's playing are going to be coaching, and that would be something if he played, he's 70-something years old. Yeah. Regardless of not whether he's going to be coaching in the bowl game or not, to be able to keep the scheme with in, with the players that are used to it and from a guy who knows it well, um, quite possibly could be the man for it, uh, you know, that doesn't – that's not bad. I feel a whole lot better about that situation. Nick Monroe can can stay where he's at and, and learn yeah. and progress through – uh, Rocky Long, who is a great mentor and obviously has made his name all throughout college football. So I mean, you know, I'm not. Yeah. I, f- I feel pretty good about that. So yeah, well, he yeah, I mean, he mentored uh, Tony White. And, you know, when you lose a defensive coordinator, uh, obviously there's always big names and things like that. But I think the most important thing is to be able to keep the same type of sch- schematic, you know, scheme as far as defense goes. You know. Um, so that you don't lose so many so many players, you know. Tony White's been there for three years. We've been recruiting for the three three five, and it would be a step back to be able to bring somebody else in and be like, oh, we're running a four three now. You know, not to say that some players can't play it. Well, you can but, adapt, but I mean, this is the system we're in. It's been right. a couple of years for some of these yeah. guys, right? Yeah. So, so I think I think it helps because I think you know, like you said. He recruited Tony White. He mentored Tony White. Uh, he was, you know, a coach from his coaching tree, so to speak. And um, just, I'm sure Tony White has nothing but great things to say about the guy. And uh, unless it's a situation like Deuce Chestnut, where, like I said, I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to look to see like the best case scenario for him to go, or if he's going to follow Tony White. But um, yeah, this is definitely going to help us keep a lot of defensive guys uh, that might um, have transferred. Otherwise, so according to ESPN Albuquerque 101.7 FM, the team sources tell 101.7 the team that Long will coach Syracuse defense in its bowl game. Syracuse plays oh. Minnesota in the Pinstripe Bowl on December 29th. Okay, that that tweet is in the Noons article. You go to noonsmagician.com there and read up on all of that. Uh, so okay, let's switch gears here. To some coming and going, okay? We did a going. Uh, J- Jeremiah Wilson is coming back. 
he's going to take his name out of the portal. He's going to stay put. Yep. Okay, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. No, that is good. Now, with what we have with, um, what was the other cornerback? What was his name? These guys both have four years of eligibility, Joe. Right? Yes. Okay. Jaden. Yeah. So Jaden Bellamy's the the new one. And Jaden Gould. And okay, two Jadens. All right. Well, that's why I didn't two say Jayden's anything. Spelled was, differently. Okay. Okay. All right. Because I was like, is that true? Is that right? Um, I didn't know if I wrote it down wrong. So yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jaden. Jaden two point Correct. So uh, both four star guys, right? And out of high school. Yeah. Out of high school, right? Okay. So and they both have four years eligibility left. Mm-hmm. If I, if I, it, that's with it must be with a COVID year, right? Because they both have a year under their belt. So right. Um, uh, Jaden Bellamy. He did not play uh, for Notre Dame this year, and well, he did, but he wasn't he wasn't out there, right? So no. I mean, I think it might be a situation where they both might have redshirted too, because I don't know if either one of them had enough. You know, I don't think it has anything to do with COVID year because they're true freshmen. As much as it's just, I, I think they were redshirted. Right, and um, according this is also from Noons, by the way, they were uh, high school teammates mm-hmm. at Bergen Catholic. Yeah, in so, New Jersey. Yeah, so really cool. And we'll get to see how that goes. Now, yeah, Jersey's looking good. Now, Jersey's been. Let me ask is another question, and I don't know the answer to, which is why it's a question. Mm-hmm. These guys cannot play. No. They, they, tr- tr- no. Committing through the portal, you cannot play. No. Okay, I didn't think so. No. Um, no. So, so most likely our starting corners for the bowl game will be Isaiah, Isaiah Johnson, Johnson and, and Jeremiah Wilson. Right, right. So with that said, decent backups too. I think I, Isaiah, Isaiah Johnson, I thought he impressed me when he was out there this year. So. Oh, yeah. I thought that, I mean, Jeremiah Wilson had some good plays too. So, um, they, I mean, they both had mistakes as well, but they were the younger guys. But, I mean, I, we had depth there at corner. And now, you know, we lose Garrett, we lose Deuce, but then we bring in these, you know, albeit younger guys they were four-star guys and then you know we're gonna have isaiah johnson and jeremiah wilson come back so uh yeah i think it's um it's looking good as far as corners go um i know that we lost uh jihad carter which is i think hurts oh but, that's right um, yeah i think that hurts too but yeah i mean even and then they said too that you know Jaden gould he's six two, two hundred 200 pounds so he might be in a situation where he could play safety as well so um you know that's a you know, we got Elijah Clark, you know, Braylon Olivers, those guys coming back, you know, Jeffrey uh, or Simmons coming back. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to be good there. And I, I, you know, we're getting in defense alignment um, through recruiting and through um, transfer portals. So, yeah, uh, as long as we just don't lose those those linebackers that we got in the transfer portal after the the bowl game, then I think you know defensive wise, um, we shouldn't be able to. I mean, sh- shouldn't skip a beat, especially bringing in Rocky Long. Be interesting to see too how you know see Rocky Long on the sidelines during that bowl game. Uh, okay, so the last couple, Joe, I'll let you hit these, man. One's really fresh: John Ray Reed, uh, JUCO offensive lineman, and a. Uh, defensive lineman Ty Gordon, he was flipped from ODU to Cuse. Uh, both of these guys, um, 2023 verbals, right? So I think it's is um, Wednesday. Is that is that right? When is signing day or whatever? 
Isn't that before? That's early signing day. I forget what day it is. I think it's this week, though. Yeah. Okay. So, um, anyways, I don't have much to say about these guys, and um, so I'll let you. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, John Ray Reed, he was the the newest one today, broke around, you know, 4 or 4.30. And don't really say anything too much. I haven't seen anything too much about, you know, how much – you know, if he's a freshman or if he's a sophomore or whatnot. Uh, but um, he just seems like a guy that's got some size and kind of uh, a project, so to speak. Um, didn't really have stars. When you look at the offers he had, Georgia Southern, New Mexico State, Missouri State. So, um, you know, but he, when you look at the size, he's 6'4", 325 pounds. So to me, this looks like a guy that they just see – um, you know, they see talent in him. It's just, I don't think it's, you're going to see it next year. Um, and <clears throat> as far as Ty Warren goes, right. Ty, Ty Gordon, sorry. Um, getting flipped from ODU, you know, he was getting some, some looks for, from some other bigger schools too. Uh, you know, he committed to old dominion early and, um, his team had a great year and, he had a great year and um you know as much as he doesn't have any stars still 62267 um and you know another guy that I'm not so sure we're going to see make an impact next year on the defensive line especially considering the people that are coming back right. but um again it's just it's just one of those guys right like you said you're not going to this is a guy we're going to talk about, and we might see in two we'll re- years. We'll remember his name, like, and I think we did talk about that guy. Right, it's happened. It's a couple pretty times. much, yeah. It's, <laughs> and that's you know, I mean, again, that's where we're at right now at this point of, the, of. I mean, I know early signing day, right? That's that's next week, but I think signing day is what February, first week of February, something like that. So there's not a lot of time left. We still got scholarships and places and you know spots to fill. So you know, if we're, I don't want to say, I don't want to downplay any of these kids or anything but like when you don't have stars and everything like that i'm sure they'll get rated and they'll get through they'll be three stars once they have uh you know scholarships from Syracuse. but you know these guys are are you know the you can see that they can have a high ceiling but right now uh they have a low floor and there's some things they got to work on before they can they can be to a certain level so I mean, we've seen guys like this you know grow through the program and uh these are these type of players i'm just glad to see so many offensive line and defensive line guys i mean you saw that's where we got beat up right especially during you know you get to halfway through the season and the gauntlet that we played you know our defensive line was getting pushed around our offensive line sometimes we're getting pushed around and uh you know it's good to see that they're doing everything they can to try to get as many bodies out there as possible um you know and if you you throw three scholarships at one guy but you end up landing an nfl guy out of those three and it's just I, it's worth it, right? So, yeah, throw throw it at the wall, see what sticks. Okay, let's hear what Coach had to say following the win against Cornell. Uh, you know, I thought Cornell was better than us today. Um, I thought they just missed shots. That's all. The only reason we won the game is they missed shots. They had we did a little better job of guarding them, not much. Uh, they just missed a lot of shots and let us back in the game. We can't determine when we need to go and when we need to make a play. Um, and we need to obviously do better on that. And that we 
if Jesse's, you know, Jesse was sick, didn't practice on Thursday, practiced Friday a little bit. He thought he was all right, but he couldn't do anything in the first half. I thought the second half he, he must have felt better because he was the difference. I think sometimes our forwards think that Jesse's going to get every rebound, so they just watch him. And uh, that's not a good solution. Um, I thought Joe kept us in there in the first half. And then, um, you know, once we started getting the right shots, uh, we were better. And once we started defending, and Jesse did a good job when they got it in the middle to play off and when they got it down the baseline, come back and, and uh, block it or make it a difficult shot. But in reality, they missed five or six wide open threes that would have kept the game really close. So we were lucky there. You're not going to get lucky all the time, but we were lucky there. But uh, the way we started, it was a good win and get ready. I, I watched Pittsburgh a lot lately. They're really playing good basketball. They're a completely different team than last year and the beginning of the year. They're good. So we'll have a really tough game on Tuesday. Uh, I coach did not take any questions. Uh, he kind of said some things about Lewis Sorum. We'll get into that uh, before we do fan feedback and, and play you know what he had to say. I think it's worth a listen if you didn't hear it yet. So, all right, let's start off here. So we'll kind of do our own synopsis. Um, you know, Cornell did miss a lot of shots. And uh, I thought, though, that the defense became way more active. I thought they picked it up to, at the end of the – Towards the end of the first half, you know, they were down by 11. They end up tying this thing 37-37 at the end of the half. They never really let up. Um, you know, obviously they made some mistakes, but, um, you know, all five starters, two finished double-digit scoring, which, you know, I don't know if that's happened this year. And not only that, but you got the forwards with um, five rebounds each. So Cornell... They they kind of shot themselves in the foot. They are, they were a, a one show pony uh, up there chucking threes, forty eight of them, uh, making thirteen twenty seven percent. That's the most attempts in school history for them. So, not to mention, you know, with that said, they they only got to the line once for two shots. They were both missed, and mm-hmm. that was that was their game. So, I, I do agree that they shot themselves in the foot with with that. Like Coach said, taking all those shots and not making any. But I do also think that. You know, I think the defense did did pick it up, and they I thought they played better. Now, with that said, it would sure would be nice if Syracuse would come out a little bit more awake and active <clears throat> to start the damn game from the get go. And I was a little worried about this game anyway because I feel like this team's pretty good, and I think this is what you know. This is. The transfer portal allows teams, and we'll talk about Pitt. So it allows teams to to be able to find really good talent and put together some some experience on um, a team almost every year. If this is how this thing's going to go, that's what people are going to attempt to do. So with Jesse sick, Joe, he's still got a double-double in five blocks. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I mean, okay, well, I'll take it. Uh, but I mean, how'd you how'd you see it, Joe? I mean, obviously, um, the 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 rebounding still a little bit of an issue, and I think we we're negative six on the boards. So, you know, that's just one more thing you can 
you can point to for yeah, just the sake of something Syracuse has to do a little better. Joe Girard, I thought, did a pretty good job. He ended up with 19, but he had 15 of them in the first half. Yeah. So, um, and he had a couple threes. I think he was three for eight. Is that what he was? Yeah. yeah. So he had a couple early and um, kept us in it. Chris Bell hit a couple really good ones too. Yeah. Timely yeah. ones, right? Yeah. Chris Bell looked good yesterday. He was. I thought so. Like him stock up, Benny Williams stock up. I like what we, you know, saw from the forwards. And I like, you know, what Malik Brown did when he came in. Um, I think he helped the defense and it even got to a point when Jesse wasn't playing good, then had a bloody nose. Uh, he came in and played center in the middle of that because, you know, Cornell's a little undersized and it worked out fine. Um, him and Torrance, they came in and I thought that they, you know, definitely, definitely helped with what was going on. But I mean, this was, I mean, starting five kind of took this over. Uh, game started slowing down for Judah Mintz. Uh, Cornell came out super, super aggressive, which is why we shot so many free throws. And, you know, the foul discrepancy was what it was. Um, but, you know, this is a team where we had them, you know, outmatched as far as height. And to see them beat us in rebounds and have, you know, all 22 offensive rebounds, they had 19 second chance points um, to our eight. Uh, that was a little concerning. Uh, but we we picked it up, and like you said, they lived or died by the three. Uh, you saw it with the the free throws. They didn't try to press anything. They didn't get fouled well, a lot. We only, they, we only had nine fouls. They only never uh, changed their They never changed their game. No, and uh, they started missing. And at one point, they I think they missed twenty one to twenty two, and yeah, they scored. Uh, yeah. They scored eight points in the first twelve minutes of the, yeah, of the second half. Yeah, and once we once we took the lead and started pressing them as far as you know, making them a little bit nervous and you know, getting a little sense of urgency on their side, then that's when they started missing those shots. They weren't comfortable anymore. They were comfortable earlier in the game. Uh, when they had the lead and they were hitting shots. And, you know, that's just what happens when you can just change that momentum. Um, I mean, that's pretty much what happened. Uh, our defense did step up. We had a lot of blocks when they started bringing it in, when they weren't hitting the threes. And uh, it got to a point to where we kind of just took the game from them. Uh, as hard as they played, as much as they were subbing people out and playing tough defense and everything, I think that we we took their shot. You know, we took their big punch and uh, we came back and, we said, you know, we're just going to lean lean against you on the ropes and we're just going to wear you down. And uh, that's what we did. And we eventually got it to where we won by 15. Um, yeah, it was so. it was handily. I thought it was when they when they started to when they started to play a little bit more active and a little bit more controlled. The, the beginning of this game was very sloppy. You know, they only end, they end up with 13 turnovers, but there were some turnovers, man, are just terrible. Terrible mm-hmm. turnovers. Judah yep. um, had a had a couple I thought were really bad and just kind of boneheaded things that I feel like you know you can't do against ACC teams and that's not taking anything away from this Cornell team either. And Syracuse still, you know, they also were able to to keep stride in on the points end of things in this game by getting to the line. And and things like that. That's what they. Yeah. That's their bread and butter. I feel like they need to. They need to stick with that. They're shooting tremendous from the free throw line. Thirteen to sixteen in this game, eighty-one percent, and that's kind of what's carried them through the past couple games, actually. And I think they they just need to stick with doing that. That would they overall what seven for 
18 from the that's, three. That's not bad. I mean, 38 yeah. per, 39%. We shot, but we shot 50% again. And that's the yeah, thing. That's, I mean, that's it, it, we're moving the ball. We're taking good shots. The players that are supposed to be taking certain, like, yeah, Jude is going to take some tough shots. Joe's going to take some tough shots. But Jesse is super efficient. And last night you saw, I mean, Chris Bell and, and Benny Williams were efficient. You know, I feel like that, I feel like they're doing better, right? I mean, I feel like I feel like every 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 game when we're watching, especially my eyes are on Bell, right? Because you know he's the one that's getting hit with the stick lately. So yeah. I, I just feel like that they're um, they're progressing. Yep. And and I think they're feeling it more. And you know, um, grabbing rebounds, they 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 each grab five. Um, that's a good start. I mean, I'm happy with that. So. Yeah. Yeah, and we go deep. Uh, I mean, Beheim. Yeah. If you're not going to play, then he's going to take you out. And if you need to get that little shock starter to get pulled from the game the first five minutes because you're not doing anything, to put somebody else in that's going to have some energy to get you woken up. I um, mean, that's happened to Benny a couple times. Um, that's happened to Judah a little bit. Like that, that needs to happen. Uh, and and Chris Bell, like I said, he's probably the stock rose the highest for me yesterday with him because you know you can see that he has got just a pure shot he's yeah, a scorer i mean he's he you can see that he has a good once he gets comfortable and gets his confidence with defense which i saw i mean you saw him get five rebounds he he ran down and, and had a great block underneath the basket um once that defense that confidence comes in and then the confidence with Bayheim and i mean he played 28 minutes he hasn't played 28 minutes in quite some time and um, that's because of the way that he played. And if he can, I mean, his defensive confidence, I think, goes into his offensive confidence. If he's playing good defense and he knows he's not going to get pulled by Jim, then I feel like you see a completely different offensive player. Yeah, you could tell he was when he was stroking those three. He missed a pretty wide open one, but he, he should have taken it. Like, I was wanting him to take it myself. And just, yeah. you're not going to hit them all, but that's one he should take. Uh, you know, so I was, yep. impre- I was impressed with that. The the rebounding discrepancy, it's got to get fixed. I think it'll get better. I just don't know how much better, and it's that's uh, been a problem no, for I mean, years. And I don't know what else to say about no. That, and the problem with this is too is is that this we can't look too much into this. As much as I brought it up, I understand. Like we did lose, and and that's a lot. Twenty two offensive rebounds is a lot, but um, when teams shoot, when you rebounds. shoot threes, three pointers, if you miss them they usually end up turning into long rebounds. And that's when the guards and some other people get into play. So you got a team that shot 48 threes and missed 35 of them. Well, they had so, – yeah, go on. I'm just saying. So those turn into long rebounds in which, you know, it's not just about, you know, the big guy underneath. You know, so many of them bounced out to the foul line or even farther for guards to be able to get. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of skewed numbers there. It's not going to be that bad. Um, when you have a team that doesn't shoot 48 threes and shoots more twos. There was uh, four of those rebounds, offensive rebounds for Cornell or in one sequence. Yeah. And they didn't even score. So They shot 18 more shots than us. Yeah, well. Um, so a, a, good ga- <laughs> a good game, a game I don't think we could have lost, you know, 42 straight. Haven't lost to them since 1969. It's not, it's, we don't want to relive the, the whole uh, Colgate thing, you know, it's just yeah. that kind of equivalent to me, but that's, you know, with that said, they're, they're a good team. So, um, we move on. Syracuse will face Pitt. Like I said, nine o'clock, uh, this Tuesday, the all time series between the orange and Pittsburgh sits at 70, 
four and 48 in favor of Syracuse. Syracuse had a 36-22 record against Pitt in the Big East. The two schools only met in the Big East tournament five times in 30 years of conference play, with Syracuse going four and one against the Panthers. Uh, Syracuse beat Pittsburgh 58-56 on February 12, 2004, when Tyler Ennis hit that 35-foot three-point mm. shot as time expired. Uh, this moved the Orange to a school record 24-0 to start the season. They would eventually lose. I think they got to 25-0 and lost against Boston College, if I remember right. Uh, along with a school record 24 consecutive wins. Uh, all of that according to orangehoops.org. Coach Beheim in the Orange Started out 5-0 and against uh, Jeff Cable and his squad over there at Pitt uh, after he took over. Last year, Syracuse and Pitt split home wins, the second of which a loss at Pitt 64-53. Gerard, Beheim, Edward, Swider, and Jimmy Beheim. You're starting five, and Buddy with 25 points. In fact, Buddy had 49 points total in those two games last year. Pitt is also 8-4 and four currently. Losses uh, coming against West Virginia, Michigan, who was 20th at the time, but I think they've dropped out of the top 25 since then. VCU and Vanderbilt. I don't know how good VCU is, but a loss nonetheless. Um, one of those eight wins was a 68-60 to 60 win over NC State at NC State. So that's a good, you know, they're 1-0 in the ACC as well. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty good win. Uh, they're led in scoring by Old Miss transfer, uh, junior forward Blake Hinson. He's got 16.5 points a game, seven boards a game. He leads in rebounding, too. You might remember Nellie Cummings from Colgate. He's a guard. He leads the team in assists with five per game. Senior guard uh, Greg Elliott, he's hitting uh, 44% of his three point shots right now. He's another transfer. He, uh, where'd he come from, Joe? Mar- no, Marquette. Marquette. Marquette for, uh, he played there for four years and then came to mm-hmm. Pitt. So as a team, Pitt is shooting 45% from the floor, 35% from three, and 72% from the line. Pitt is currently 80th in the net rankings, making this a quad three game. So Joe, Cable putting together an experience-laden team for for the most part through the portal, and, and this is the world we live in now, as I mentioned, but... Um, this year's team, I think, has a little more talent on it than the past pr- couple years, and we've been mm. playing some grudge matches here late, lately, past couple years with Pitt. Um, they got a guy who might be able to give Jesse some trouble, almost identical in size, uh, but it's kind of hard to tell exactly how good they are looking at their schedule. Right. Because I haven't played a ton of good teams, but like I said, they got that their, that you know win against NC State at NC State. Other than that, it's hard for me to gauge it. So. Yeah. Well, uh, so again, it's going to be a situation where, and I, I don't know if this is really going to help us when it goes through it or not, because when you think about it, like, what do they always say about when we go into the NCAA tournament, right? And they're like, well, teams, they're not used to playing the 2-3 zone, right? So we usually have a, a good matchups against, you know, teams outside of our conference because they don't usually see the zone and sometimes they have problems with it, right? Um, I wonder if this transfer portal situation is going to make that a problem for, for teams in our conference. A lot of new players all the time. No, yeah, because constantly. when you look at this team, I mean, okay, I remember last year, and I know that they beat us twice, right? Um, or no, it was, was it one on one? I think it was one on one. But I remember John Hewley. Remember one and big one, John Hewley? One and one last year. Okay. Remember John Hewley? They're a little forward, gave us problems yeah. last year and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, he's going to be a problem, right? Well, no he has some issues um, during the summer. He got kicked off the team, right? Or at least suspended indefinitely because he's got felony charges. Um, By the way, Dior so, Johnson was supposed to be on this team. 
Dior Johnson was supposed to be on this team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when you look at the team, I'm looking at these names, and the only name that I remember or that I've seen in the box scores from last game or last the two games last year was Jamarius Barton. Jamarius Burton uh, was there last year. He was a last year was his first year at Pitt. He was a transfer from Wichita State and then Texas Tech. Uh, so Pittsburgh was his uh, third team, but he scored 35 points in two games against us. Not 35 points each, but total. Right. Um, and uh, I think it was 21 and 14. Um, were the games respectively, but uh, he's the only guy that's coming back. You know, you mentioned Greg Elliott, Nelly Cummings, Jamarius Burton. Those are great guards right there. So right now, I mean, you already look at them. Those guys, they almost all average over 30 minutes a game with Blake Henson, who you mentioned as well, who's six seven. He's going to be a problem around the rim, absolutely. Um, and then even uh, a guy like Nike Sabande, who was <coughs> um, sorry. <coughs> Uh, transfer from a Miami, Ohio, and he was on the team last year, didn't play that much. Another senior guard. So these guys got a lot of senior guards. Uh, Blake Hinson, who you mentioned, he's he was a uh, he's a junior. Um, but then when you look at their their big guys, um, guy that we hadn't seen, Federico Federico. You like saying um, that. I, I do, right? 6'11", so, 230, right? Yeah, two, 6'11", 220. 220 from Finland. He's a sophomore. Uh, he's been their main big guy. Uh, but also looking at um, the box score of the last game that they played, they have two um, two twin brothers. They're both freshmen. One six eleven, one ninety, one seven foot, two hundred. Both from Canary Island, Spain. Um, Jorge Diaz Graham and Guillermo Diaz Graham. Um, they got a little bit of burn in the last game as well. And these guys are big guys, so they have big bodies to throw at us. Um, you know, I'd like to see Blake Henson maybe try to get him in some foul trouble, and they're probably going to go three guard heavy. They're probably going to go three guard heavy with Blake Henson and then a big guy. So, um, I don't know if there's a mismatch there. I don't know what it's going to look like, but um, it's all about basically how they're going to figure out our two three zone if they can figure out our two three zone and um, if they're going to be able to score down low. I mean, you know how that whole thing goes, but. You know, there's only one guy that was there last year. Nelly Cummings, he's seen our 2-3 zone, yeah, but not with this, these teammates. Um, so I expect him to have a, an all right game. You know, he's not going to be, you know, afraid of it. But there's only two guys on this team that's seen it. So um, home game. And like you said, their best game, their best wins are at Northwestern and at NC State. Um, just not really telling us too much. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens, but um, you know, five-game winning streak. I just hope that the confidence just just pushes us through, uh, and we just better gotta, start. Just get, get a better start. Yes. Get a better start. Gotta get a better start. Gotta start off with some fire under you, man. Come on, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's so frustrating because I told my wife yesterday, and she's like, "Oh, Cornell." I'm like, "Well, I don't know, man. This team worries me a little bit." Mm-hmm. So I mean, they were leading the the NCAA in 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 three point percentage, and I think they were throwing them up more than anybody, as you saw. And you know, they got fatigued. You know, and they got they weren't look when you're when you're playing from behind. I don't think that's always the best strategy, even if that's in your wheelhouse. It's just especially it's on the road. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. It, it, you got to try something else, but and they didn't. They it were, reeks desperation too. Yes, absolutely. It was you're just, like you're like literally just pouring the blood in the water for the other team to because if you don't hit it, then they know it's up. 
Then you come down again, you shoot another one, you don't hit it. Like you know, they know what you're yeah. trying to do. Syracuse, they did a great job. Look, they did. I thought Syracuse did a great job of breaking the press. It was after they broke the press when they made some mistakes. But the ball movement against Cornell and breaking the press, I thought, was pretty good. Like I was nervous a couple of times, but they mm-hmm. were handling it. They did yeah. a good job. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, luckily, that's the thing. When you see a team like this with all these senior guards, uh, you know, we have Samir Torrance. We have Joe Girard. We have Judah. Uh, they can all handle that. And um, we even got big guys that don't really have a problem dribbling up the court if need be. So, um, yeah, I think that we do do a, actually a great job. A lot uh, better breaking, than last year, bro. A lot better than yes, no, last year. That's, well, that's what athleticism would do for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so when they, you know, it is, the problem is slowing down when you get into your half court and just, you know, that's, that's, that's yep. the experience in, in the age, I think, of some of these guys. So Dude, I almost wish that Dior was like on this, on this. We wanted, we wanted it. We wanted it. Okay. It, it doesn't, you know, I mean, the guy... It'd probably be a train wreck. They'd probably be worse than what they are right now, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, yeah, it'd be some... Or he would have entered the transfer portal already. Probably all twice. senior guards. Twice. Yeah, yeah. He, he, that dude, he can't commit to anything. No. Only thing he committed, well, mm, allegedly... <laughs> Let's leave it there. Uh, so so uh, anyway, Joe, we are going to start picking. It's ACC time. We picked the game against Notre Dame. Who uh, won? We never even talked about that. I did. So oh. it was 62 to 61. Allegedly. 62 to 61, right? Mm. I, I had 66 to 64. You had 72 to 67. Yeah, I, I went a little higher. I knew you won that. I'm just talking shit at this so, point. Yeah, and that's fine. But um, – I, I, so look, this game, as with most of these games, except Louisville, but watch, I should watch my mouth. Yeah, they uh, won another. They won another game. Yeah, so uh, I'll watch my mouth. But these games all make me nervous, man. And we've got two more at home, and then we hit the road for um, two. And then we're back for two. So look. I think that this is going to be a nail-biter. I think it's going to be a lot of back and forth. It's going to, I think there's going to be a lot of lead changes. Um, I, I Just these games are, are my – these are my rivalry games. I love the pit. I love Syracuse Pitt. I love Syracuse Notre Dame basketball. And uh, we play each other pretty hard, and yeah. the last few years has been tremendous. So – with that said, we are at home. I think that's the difference. I think Syracuse can pull out a win. Uh, I think they're going to go uh, it's, uh, uh, six game. They're going to extend their win streak to six games, 72 to 68. And that score might be a little high, but I don't know. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. That's why it's called a guess. Prediction, rather. But okay, what'd um, you say? I said that's why it's called a guess or a prediction. No, but what, what was your prediction? Seventy-two to sixty-eight, Syracuse. Okay. God, that is super close to where I wanted to go. Are you go? Are, well, give us your analysis while you conjure up something in your head. Well, I mean, you know, looking at Ken Palm. 
these these teams are super close. Uh, we're at eighty; they're at seventy-one. And, and like I said, this is a quad three game, so it's like this is not one of those games you you want to hand over this early in the season. Like, yeah, no, absolutely not. And um, it's just when you look at the rankings, I, I just don't think that they've played as tough a schedule as us. As us. Maybe I'm just. I don't think they have either. I don't, I don't know what the hell you. Maybe it's just the orange goggles. I don't know. Um, but yeah, dude, I am super, super close to where you are. Uh, oh. How's this work now, by the way? Explain the rules. You know, maybe we should ask. Maybe we should ask on how <laughs> ask. it makes more sense. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that we are going to get, um, get, get a six win, but I don't think it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be easy at all. No, uh, it's not going to be easy. That's the part that sucks. So, so with that said, I think Syracuse 74, Pittsburgh 71. Wow, okay. I didn't want to go that high. I was going to go 72-70, but... You could have still went 72-70. Nah, I'm too close to you. Well... Uh, I think those. I don't want to seem like I'm copying you, you know. I know that's why I always write mine down, especially if you go first. Um, okay, well we'll see, you know what happens. I um, this, these games always make me super nervous, and uh, as if the last five haven't, except for Oakland. <laughs> <clears throat> but the uh, you know. Um, they got to start fast. Start fast, finish fast. And they have the depth to be able to, uh, if they need, to get yeah. some people in there. And yeah. Jesse played sick and still got a double-double in five blocks. So let's hope he feels better. Yeah, and, I'm sure you will. Yeah, so let's go. Uh, okay, look, I want, to, uh, I want to play what Coach had to say about Lewis Orr. And I, I don't even think I would have put much together uh, and just maybe mentioned it. But not that I put much together, but, but I would probably, you know, I think it's coach got a little emotional. We don't see that from coach. Right. And, um, you know, he basically said, look, you know, I'm out of here. Didn't take any questions. Um, Lewis Orr was was Jim Beheim's first recruit <laughs> um, and part of the Louis and Bowie show or Roosevelt Bowie in uh, their first four their four years at Syracuse with with those two, a record of a hundred to eighteen. Hundred wins, eighteen losses, which is yeah, not too bad. It's just phenomenal. And um, <laughs> he did play in the NBA. I think he was drafted first round. I don't think I know he was drafted first round by the Pacers. Ended up playing with the Knicks. When his NBA career was over, he got into coaching. He was at Xavier for a couple of years. Um, he was an assistant at Providence. It came to Syracuse as an assistant for a little bit. And then um, that ended in, what, 99 to 2000? Is that right? That's it was something is. like orange, that. Orange. Then you get a head coach at Seton Hall. Yeah, he got, went to Seton Hall. Actually kind of built that team up a, a little bit. And while he was at Seton Hall, he was at Siena first. But while he was at Seton Hall, he played – we played him seven times while he was there, and Coach Beheim versus Coach Orr was five and two in those years. Those years were the you know Williams Dwayne, 
Shumpert to start and ended with McNamara, Devendorf, Watkins. So some good years for, for us too, man, thinking back to the early 2000s for, for Syracuse too. And then he ended up obviously at Georgetown. So uh, I remember when he went to Georgetown thinking, golly, man, why wouldn't you just come back to Syracuse? Like we could have used him. That would have been great. But <laughs> went with went with Patrick Ewing and, you know, his his by the time he got with Patrick Ewing, his I think his – name or his jersey was already up in the rafters and uh that that happened i think in 2015 and just a tremendous guy and coach had a ton of love for him and just uh kind of a sad thing i don't think many of us or any anyone really knew what he was going through i had no idea it caught me off guard when i heard he passed away so i think it was pancreatic cancer but um, no one knew what he was going through and um he was still uh, apparently on the payroll over there at Georgetown to some capacity with the athletic department when he was going through that. So anyway, sad coach's first recruit and a tremendous player and tremendous person. So let's hear though, obviously coach is going to be able to put it better than I can. So let's hear from coach. Uh, You know, I'm going to just stop here and I'm going to tell you that uh, about Two weeks after I got this job, I went to Cincinnati, Ohio, because a friend of mine said a friend of his had a player out there. I said, well, today's world, I probably wouldn't have done anything. I probably would have said, yeah, okay. I got on a plane, went to Cincinnati. I watched this kid in the gym playing against some college kids. When I walked in, the the guy had told me he was 6'8", which was true, he was. And he weighed 160 pounds, maybe. And he got knocked down about six times in five minutes while I'm watching him. But the interesting thing, he got up every time and made a basket or got a rebound, every time. And uh, <clears throat> that kid was Lewis Orr. And, uh, I've been fortunate. I've had a lot of great players. I've had a lot of great people. Louis Orr was a great player. Make no mistake about it, he was a great player. I, I remember Gail Catla went to West Virginia. He was at Cincinnati, he didn't recruit Lewis. And Cincinnati came, or West Virginia came in here and Gail came in here and Lewis had 20 and 20. <laughs> After the game, I think Gail said, he's pretty good, that guy. I said, yeah, he's pretty good deal. But he's the best off the court that any program has ever had. Uh, I had him and Hal Cohen and Roosevelt Bowie in my first class. They won 100 games, which wasn't done at that time because you didn't play that many. They went to every class. They were early at every practice. They never did anything wrong, ever. I mean, ever. And we didn't have academic tutoring. We didn't have any of that stuff. They had, you know, A's, mostly B's. And Lewis Orr never changed in his whole life. He was good to people, everybody. Uh, I, like I said, I've been lucky. I've had a lot of great people and great players, but he's is the best of them all. 
and uh, it was hard coaching today, really hard. I got to go. We'll see. Well, you can see, you know, obviously how much he meant to coach and, um, you know, just as sad. I was touched by that because coach doesn't ever get emotional. The dude's a machine. So, you yeah. know, um, but, uh, you know, it's tough. I think, um, for coach, he's been around so long. He's met, <clears throat> met and recruited so many of these people, you know, and to, to grow up with them and coach against them and, you know, coach them and have and them coach against you and then outlive them, man. That's, you know, and it's, it's, it is, it's gotta be tough, man. I mean, this, this guy's man. Well, as a coach, you're like a father figure, right? Yeah. And yeah. maybe not to every player, you know, every, every relationship is different, but when you talk about, I mean, I have to imagine that he was probably way more engaged back then when you needed to be than you do now versus oh, how many, sure. you know, you have so many just things at your disposal that just can help you, you know, do what you need to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's gotta be tough because again, I mean, and in, in one type of aspect, depending on the relationship, you know, that's, that's possibly, you know, a, a father burying their son. Yeah. To some extent, I feel like, you know, if not for anything, a, a really good friend and, and yeah. someone, I mean, that that's at minimum, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, you, you, you go, you, you drive to Cincinnati, recruit this kid and bring him on and becomes a, I mean, just becomes a huge talent, him and Bowie, the Louie and Bowie show. And that, that, that legend just has lived ever since I was a kid and will continue to live. And then, you know, you, you watch him in the NBA and then he comes back and he's an assistant. Then he's, then he's, you know, at Georgetown and it's just a wild ride, man. Just a wild ride. So anyways, uh, all right, let's do some fan feedback. We skipped fan feedback. Uh, in the last show, because it just wasn't many um, comments, and uh, quite frankly, we were strapped for time. And uh, Syracuse had just won the men's soccer national championship, and <laughs> a lot of focus was on that, rightfully so, yeah. after the game against Monmouth, right? So, um, totally understandable. And those guys still living high on that. One thing I thought about after uh, I wish I had said when after I left, you know, I'm not a big soccer fan, okay, in case you didn't know, but. You know, to to everybody who is though, and and that's even the fans. You know, like you got your soccer only fans, your lacrosse only fans, your basketball only fans, your football only fans. To them, that's just like the way we felt in two thousand three. You know, when we won the national yep. championship. So, oh, yeah. because I'm not that, because I'm not that big of a soccer fan, you kind of lose you kind of lose that perspective. But man, yep. w- how awesome! Uh, all of that is for for yeah. all of them, and, and Look, you know, thinking not just the team, but but the you know the big Syracuse soccer fans, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, an ACC has a as a good soccer conference. Um, you know, no, North Carolina. There's been a lot of good soccer teams that go through there. So, you know, soccer went up a level for us when we went to the ACC as well. And um, yeah, I mean, just like we want Syracuse to make a bowl game and be relevant, same thing as soccer fans around here. For the longest time, you know, they probably wanted something to cheer for, but didn't have something to cheer for. And, um, you know, this team's been getting better. I mean, this isn't just the only year that they've done okay. Um, But this is just, you know, obviously the pinnacle to the point where they've gotten. And, yeah, absolutely. Soccer fans in Syracuse now have 
something to look forward to, something to cheer for, something to be proud of. And, you know, although we didn't play soccer and we're not the biggest soccer fans, uh, yeah, and, and, and those type of those sports fans' eyes, it's just as big. Completely agree. I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously there's bragging rights there, so, which I tried at work and no one cared. But because uh, <laughs> everybody's always busted my chops. You yeah, know? but yo, young but, kids in that soccer community, you know, yeah. they travel and they play against teams in different states and everything like that. They got something to brag about. Yeah, absolutely. That's and that's that's kind of the perspective uh, that I came. You know, I was more so thinking about the team and the coach and 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 just the school in general, and and not really thinking about the diehard soccer fans out there and how awesome that that must have been for them. So, yeah, uh, Mike, um, Magic Mike from the green room. He played so- He's played soccer for quite some time and stuff. So he's a big soccer fan. Um, but, anyways, I digress. Uh, it's time to hear from you. To hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, you guys know what to do at the end of every game. I ask for your thoughts on that game. You drop them. We talk about them here. And where shall we start? It picked up a little bit since the Monmouth game, which is great. Um, <laughs> it's not a high bar, but no. It's better than nothing. Heading into conference play and get get the get the followers, listeners, and fans of the Syracuse Orange back on the fan feedback wagon. And we'll start with Twitter, okay? That's where we're going to start. And let's start with at Drew Cuse. Nice win. Um, Youngin's coming up in the second half. Bell had five rebounds. Five. Malik plays his role perfectly. Once Judas settles down, settled down and saw a couple go in, it made a huge difference. Yet the... the um, yeah, he just has got to just slow down in general. Like, just go easy, bro. <laughs> no. Go easy, bro. But, uh, yeah, Chris Bell coming up, uh, playing better and better, I feel like. And, you know, um, you haven't heard Benny get a whole lot of, get a whole lot, you know, getting called out too much in the in the pressers or anything like that recently. But um, Bell's been on the radar. And... Like we talked about, Joe, just uh, you can tell how talented the kid is. Just got to do, play his part on defense. And like Coach said, you know, the, Jesse Edwards can't grab everything. He got yeah. out. Well, yeah, and, and it's funny, too, because, I mean, obviously I mean, this part's not funny because there's a reason why he didn't, he didn't get too much out of this press conference to really see where – he was disappointed with who, right? Because, That's, you yeah, know, it's true. the emotional with, with Louis or didn't take any questions and everything. So um, don't really know. But I did look at some of the players they did. I saw an interview from uh, Benny Williams and, and uh, Chris Bell. And, you know, <laughs> the uh, the media asked Chris Bell, you know, about his shooting and about this. And he, it was funny because and I guess this says a little bit about his character, um, you know, for anybody that – thinks that Jim Beheim's just, you know, banging on these kids in the, in the post, you know, post-game press conferences. But he said, you know, I'm not worried about offense. All I'm worried about is rebounding. And so he played into that. He understands what he needs to do. And it was funny because 
as much as this guy was like talking about him shooting. He knows he can shoot. He knows he can make baskets. That's why Jim Beheim has him starting, and that's why he is pushing and pushing and hoping and hoping that he can catch up to you know what's going on out there. Um, but for Chris Bell to kind of play back with it and say, you know, I'm just worried about defense and, and rebounding and stuff, um, lets me know that his head's there. And, you know, like I told you and we spoke earlier in, in the the podcast, you know, Benny Williams and, and Chris Bell, to me, both took, took pretty big steps in my eyes as far as trending up. Um, and if they can kind of understand their roles and keep it going. Yeah, and you could go. say, you could say, oh, it's just Cornell. Right, and you can you can point to that, and some of that's legit. That's a good Cornell team, though. Bro, this team scored 105 points against Miami. Oh, Miami. by the way, we never talked about that. Perfect. Yes, they lost by by a total of two points against who was it? Boston College in Miami. Um. So yeah, and 105 in regulation, bro. Yeah, that was not overtime. What was it 107, mm-hmm. 105, or something like that? Well, I mean, Final thankfully they game. didn't shoot like that against us because it might have been night night. You ain't lying, but you know, who who knows? Who knows if our defense was actually at least a little bit effective? Well, and, they were. I mean, I think so too. And you know, coach isn't gonna coach isn't gonna shed the light on that, but I think they were too. It was <laughs> it was it was visually different, definitely in the second half. It was visually different and. Um, just with the energy and the effort. And, and when Chris Bell talks about, oh, I'm working on defense, well, I, I mean, just... I saw see, it. It's easy. Oh, absolutely. But it's effort. effort. Exactly. And that's what he was lacking. When you're standing around and you're not leaving your feet, that's the lack of effort. When you're balling out, trying, you know, that block from behind, I think it, he came up and, and made a play from behind on a block, and then, yeah. uh, you know, he was grab, he grabbed five rebounds. I mean, that's a, that's a, no, that's not, that's not yeah, what right. I'm looking for, but it's a start, right? So, yeah, you know, he shouldn't even have had to do that because, you know, one of these days, Benny Williams is going to be able to finish an alley-oop or some type of putback dunk, but yeah, it was right after that. Benny Williams, he came hard, he Benny came down the hard on a rebound, and he missed it. I mean, that would have been a mid, probably top 10 play. On Sports Center, if he made it, but there's probably been about eight of those since he's been here. Um, missed it, and it went flying backwards. They went on a fast break, and Chris Bell, you know, caught up and had a block. Um, you saw Malik Brown when when Jesse wasn't playing good. Malik Brown, he came in, he got a block, he got a steal, he stepped into the defense, and he was he was capable of sitting in the center position this <laughs> this game because of the. Um, you know, obviously the the lack of height for Cornell when Benny wasn't doing well, but um, but yeah, I mean this team you saw the blocks and you saw when when Cornell was missing threes and they tried to score a different way. No, it wasn't going to happen. There's a reason why they they shot forty eight threes. Yeah, forty eight. My gosh. <laughs> um, all right, let's continue with the Twitter uh, at Q's Hoops ninety seven. Indifferent. Good to win. Benny Williams looks much better than he did 10 games ago. Pittsburgh will be a nice test. Big three-game stretch upcoming. We'll have a better idea of what this of of what team we have after that. Yeah, so, you know, I I had said that and and of course at Oil Cuse, our buddy Captain, he says, "Are we good again?" I'll tell you <laughs> after Pitt. I got Pitt was my Pitt was my benchmark. We're going to be a third of the way through the season. You're starting conference play, uh, you know, full bore. 
And yeah, this is this th- three game stretch. You know, you got uh, Pittsburgh, Boston College, and Louisville. And you know, Virginia. My expectations aren't really super high with that game, but it's going to be interesting to see what we could do. I guess. Um, but uh, really good Virginia team. There, I think they're second. Are they ranked second right now in the country? I believe they are. Uh, I think they were ranked third, but they lost. Okay. So they did lose. Gonna... So it'll be coming out tomorrow, and they'll probably slide a little bit. Yeah. But um, but yes. Okay, back to back to. Uh, Q's Hoops 97's comment. Um, Benny Williams looks way better than he did 10, 10 games ago. So does Chris Bell. They're both making some good progress. Uh, Pitt will be a, a, a great test. I totally agree with that. And um, I, th- I agree with all of this. We're going to see what kind of team we have after that. And I, I, that's absolutely 100%. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I do believe that, you know, these next three games are pretty manageable. Uh compared to, you know, obviously the season that these teams have had so far. And Pittsburgh looks to be the best team out of the three. So, yeah, I mean, you know, in a five-game winning streak, you know, you get Pitt at home, rival. Um, All but one player that plays for them um, hasn't seen the zone. So we get this W, we get the 9-4, and and then, you know, if you beat them, you should be able to beat Boston College at home, and you should be able to, I mean, I don't want to jinx it because Louisville did win another game, but... Louisville's looked really, really bad this year, and um, we should be able to go to Louisville and win as well. So, you know, this this uh, eleven to four looks great. You know, so this is our next stretch. You know, we went three and four. We talked about this stretch after we had that tough stretch of of non conference in the ACC uh, Big Ten Challenge, and um, we won those five games that we needed to win. And um, now we look at the next stretch, and obviously Virginia's a tall task, but we have the next three um, ACC games. We can start off 4-0 in the ACC, um, be 11-4 overall, um, and that's a hell of a swing to where we were yeah, when we, we were 3-4. Were we, yeah, we were 3-4. Yeah, so yeah, when things looked bleak, right? And it looks really bleak. <laughs> there was bad. We had to talk people off the ledge. Again, yeah. way too early in the season Always. to do that. Way too yeah. early in the season to do I that. I mean, you shouldn't be talking about that until after probably 15 games. Yeah. I mean, boy, this, this basketball season is just flying by, too. It's hard to believe that it's going <laughs> to last until March. You know what I'm saying? Um, so <laughs> so uh, let's see. At Noel Blanchard, he says, good teams win, great teams cover. Okay, 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 I see you. At Breaking right. Orange 44, great defense in the second half. We have been defending the three-point line much better this year. Amazing what little athleticism can do in to the zone in terms of defending the three. Yeah, I mean, it's just got to be more active. And the thing about it is, too, is that you see the length of this team in being able to get hands-on balls and stuff. And even Joe Girard's done a, a good job of mm-hmm. of the the past trajectory and trying to get in the way of that stuff. But it is when they do the ball chase and see the thing Cornell did and the broadcasters mentioned it. So it's what brought my attention to it, but they were, they were passing around the perimeter. So they weren't collapsing the zone. They weren't doing inside outside. And that's when, that's when Syracuse gets themselves in trouble and why they weren't doing that was probably because of the presence of Jesse Edwards in the length of that zone. (laughs) Right. So, um, with that said that going forward, I mean, um, that's all of those things. All of those things help in the athleticism. Absolutely, Dan is just. It's been um, a pleasant surprise. It's just got to get put together. That, yeah, that's all. So I mean, I think that there's a lot of times, and I don't know overall the stats. You know, you see some of these teams, 
like we talked about Pittsburgh with all these seniors and bringing in transfers and stuff like that. Like I think that a lot of times people don't really understand the difference between having a, a an experienced group of basically grown men um, versus young players. Uh, we are a very, very young team. And I think that that gets lost sometimes in this. And uh, I think that has a lot to do with starting slow and mm-hmm. figuring it out as, you know, because these guys are still trying to figure out the 2-3 zone. They're still seeing things they haven't seen before. And then they have to fix and, and kind of, you know, change everything, adapt to what's going on. Um, and that's when you see, you know, coaches making the changes and and getting everything right. Um because they're so young, they need to be taught because they haven't seen it yet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about it just this last game. I was sitting there watching, and we were coming back, and I'm like, there, there's three freshmen on this court but, and a sophomore. And it's I like, was just about to mention it, the fact that this team has been down and have come back. They don't just fold it up. You know what I'm saying? They, yep. don't, they, don't, they haven't so far this year just relied on hucking up three-pointers. You know, they've been they've they've stuck to what works in, in you know, they haven't always, but when they've when they've played well and they've come back from eleven down, they've stuck with what works, which is which is penetration, getting to the line and just creating creating shots. And yeah. they've done a fantastic job. I mean, I mean Judah goes Judah like he was killing me in the beginning of this game. He went oh oh for three from behind the arc. It's like, dude, that's not your game. Stick with what you're good at. Because what mm-hmm. you're good at, you're really good at. You're not really good at shooting threes. Don't you should not be doing that. Stick with what you're good at. And when, you know, with his athleticism and driving into the lane and get how many times did he get to the line? Let's see. How many shots? Oh, he only he only did he only got there once, it looks like. So um, but usually, you know, he's the guy at the line and he's a tremendous free throw shooter. You know, we talked a lot about Joe in his early days with his free throw shooting. Well, I, I get I bet you Judah Mintz rivals his, you know. Um, to some extent, yeah. so well, yeah. And Judah still figure, he it's like a game to game thing. It's, he gets in game, and everyone's just pressing. He's going to get double teamed. They're going to play him hard. They're trying. They've already seen what happened against Bryant, right? They're trying to get <laughs> yeah, in trying our, to get him they're frustrated. Trying to yeah. get in our heads to right. do something like. I mean, I guarantee you, one of those players on Cornell would have took a slap to the face to get him out of that game. Absolutely. So, yeah. At the end of the day, you know, he's <laughs> he gets in these games and he's. Just trying to figure it out. You saw him. He was going too fast. He got caught in the air. He threw balls away for turnovers, bad turnovers. Bad passes. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, he one timeout, Jim Beheim gets in his ass. He throws the headband off to the damn crowd. And the next thing you know, he makes an and one, comes back, makes another layup. And it's like, okay. And he was good for the rest of the game. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just crazy. What? He's He's got to just what you said. Yeah, that's that's his game. He's got to so get that's, it. right. But it's those those guys knowing what their game is. You know, just like Joe Girard. There's some people that hate him. There's some people that love him. But I mean, you can argue that Joe Girard hasn't yeah. lost this game this year, but he's won us some, and he's a, he's an offensive player that we need. I mean, we were struggling yeah. against Cornell, and he was hitting shots. He scored 15 in the first half to keep us close, and then we eventually. Inevitably got to the point where we tied them going into halftime, and then we took then we took over. He didn't need to score in the second half because other players stepped up. Um, it's little things he, like he that. He draws that, a lot that, of attention, too. Absolutely, he's smothered absolutely. constantly when they're on offense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so again, I don't think he gets enough credit 
um, when he plays good, and I think he gets way too much heat when when he doesn't hit or or hit shots. You know what I mean? So yeah, and I mean you know he um, plays devil devil's that's advocate up to with Bayheim that. That's to get him out, right? Well, that yeah, and to play devil to play devil's advocate with that. I mean, I think for me the frustration comes when he just won't when he's just hitting the panic button. And yeah, well, it's just, that's that's the most frustrating thing to watch as a fan is watching. And him, coach has got to take that out. Absolutely, absolutely. I think but, that he's fixed, and I think that he's fixed that a little bit, you know. And and, and realistically, when you look at this team, I mean, I think the biggest thing because obviously we've started slow. You see the defense eventually pick it up. You know, if you're not playing good, he subs you out, gets somebody else in, motivates you, gets you back in. You see the effort build as the game goes. Um, but the one thing that people, I mean. You look at how many times we're going to the free throw line. I mean, ever since Notre Dame, I mean, we've been hovering around 50% shooting from the floor since Notre Dame. Notre Dame, we didn't shoot that many free throws because they didn't follow that much. But we shot 48% from the floor, and we've shot 50% in every single game since then. 50% are above. Um, that's, that's tough to do. That's not easy. No, it's um, because they're, they're taking good shots, and plus you got Jesse Edwards on there. He's so efficient. Um, I mean, Jesse helps five for six. (laughs) Yeah, Jesse helps, but I'm just saying overall, like, you know, when you're shooting 50%, that's tough. And then up until this game, we were winning in the turnover battle. We were winning in the rebounding battle. Um, so yeah, I mean, this team is learning how to play together. They're taking good shots and there's also players that are learning to get to the free throw line and get free, free points. Yeah. That's key for me. I love seeing that. so oh, yeah. that's old school Syracuse basketball. I feel like, you know, just oh, the, yeah. just the way they're playing in general right now is 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 more old school than we've seen in a decade. I feel like, you know, um, they're a deep athletic team, man. Yeah, and, they get the ball, they try to go. Yep. Um, let's go over to the book faces. Top fan, Alex. This team has a high ceiling because I can already see a lot of improvement from leaders on this team. If we can keep improving, we can go places, go Cuse. Uh, yeah, I mean, right. We don't know the ceiling because they just keep improving. I mean, they've, you know, regardless of who they're playing, and we can make that argument about the the quality of of opponent. But I feel like this non conference schedule has been gritty to say the least. And you only had a couple gimmies, and it's, it's. I just feel like it's the past couple of years. It's been a little bit more than than what it used to. But yeah, who knows what the ceiling is with this team? I don't even know if we've seen the floor either. By the way, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, it's because it keeps rising. <laughs> yeah. To be perfectly honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, like I said, looking at this game, and again, I know it's Cornell, but being down eleven and then taking Jesse out and bringing in Malik Brown and looking at this three freshmen with a sophomore Benny and Joe Girard lineup. And I'm like, and we come back, we come back, we tie the game. Like that's not, I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy. If you think about it, as far as like recent Syracuse teams, like that's not what we're used to. So, you know, we have talented freshmen and we have talent on our team with Jesse and with Joe Samir that came back, um, leadership with John bowl. Um, we got a little mix of, of everything. And, you know, I think that if this team and these, co- if this coaching staff can get this team to buy into each other and just understand that, look, 
this game you might get 12 minutes this game you might not play this minute this game you might play 20 minutes like but when when it's time to go let's go and if you're not if the effort's not there if the energy is not there then yeah. i'm gonna take you out yeah you have the depth if you're to joe gerard or jesse edwards and if they can get this team to play and just buy into that point to what we've been seeing and it could very well be happening with us not even knowing behind closed doors um then yeah, I can see this team. I mean, you see Samir come in, you see John Bull come in. There's sometimes Samir comes in and plays 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes he plays six, but he comes in and he plays his role. And every single time he comes in, he's got energy and he's got leadership and confidence. And like I said, he he, he helps the team, even though it might not show it in the box score. Same thing with Bull, with Bolzak, Malik Brown, same thing. Yeah, yeah. No, they do. They're they're excellent, and this is a, this is a it's a a year where we need depth, and it's good to have finally. But it's an also a year where we don't know where we're gonna get production from. I mean, it can, can I come think from it's anywhere. coming. I th- no, you're right. It it can, and and there's a lot of guys who are playing for minutes that I think by the time we get halfway through this season, we're gonna see, you know, we're gonna see a lot of contributors. And you know, look, Cornell. What did they they had? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys with thirteen or more minutes. That's a lot. That's a, I don't, yeah. I don't that's expect that's what we that. were talking about too. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't expect that so much, but I mean, we're gonna see. We're gonna see Samir and Justin and John Bowl and Malik Brown in there for ten plus minutes. You know, before the by, you know, before the end of the season, these guys are going to be playing some some serious time, I think. And some of that's going to have to do with what you were talking about, and just people not being grounded in what they're supposed to be doing and getting yanked. I mean, that's yeah. how some of I mean, it's going to happen. Don't get mad because you don't play any minutes, like like Hema. Like if Jesse Edwards is playing good and he's not in foul trouble, you're not going to play that much. Don't get mad. You yeah, know, if and Judah and and Joe are playing their they're doing their thing. Then you know Samir might not play that much. Don't get mad. Same thing with John Bull. Same thing with all these other guys. Just know that your your time is going to come, and we're going to need you. And we've seen it throughout this season already. Multiple people step up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember there was a time where Justin Taylor scored twenty five points, and we thought he was going to take Chris Bell's spot, and here we are. And now Chris Bell is on the rise, right? Because he looks like his defense and his rebounding is getting better, and he's something. Something's starting to click. So hero of that game, though, despite the loss. But st- Justin Taylor. But still, yeah. He played. I mean, he's not playing. Justin Taylor's playing single-digit minutes now. Yeah, and he's not doing a whole lot when he's out there either. That's and that's that's where we're at, right? I yeah. mean, but you know, the whole thing is, is that we're <laughs> we're lucky enough to have this much amount of talent to be able to be like, okay, well, not you, then you. Okay, not you, then you. I mean, there's some guys, there's some teams where they're stuck with the guys they have. Right. And uh, I think that's one of the benefits that we have this year. Um, as long as they can keep the team for the team and not be selfish and mad when they don't get the minutes, then I think we're good, man. Um, Dominic in the green room says, Coach is going to go with the players who aren't making mistakes. So, yeah, I mean, we've always said, you know, people always ask, well, why is coach doing this and not playing this person, not playing that person? Well, he's playing the people he thinks is going to win. You heard him harp on Chris Bell for, take away this game, but for the past, well, they did, he did, he did take a shot at the forwards in general in that press conference and the rebounding end. But you, you think about it, he's been harping on this dude. The dude's still starting. 
So, I mean, what's that tell you? I mean, he's obviously sees something in this kid. He's just waiting for him to freaking blossom. I mean, right. he's just waiting and waiting. He's been very patient. Yeah. And he's said numerous times, you know, if, if you can't rebound, I can't believe. Basically, if you can't rebound, I shouldn't be playing you. And I don't know why I am. And so, he knows so, that. And he knows that. But he's playing. <laughs> do you think he's just playing him because he wants to give him practice? Or do you think he's playing him because he thinks that Chris Bell is the best option? And that he's a talented shooter and he sees that in him and he just wants him to do a little bit more on defense because, you know. It's just you have to, I mean, it's just way harder to motivate kids these days. And I think that's just really how it goes more than anything. I mean, it's going to come down to this is what it is, but this is what I need you to do. Otherwise, you're not going to play at all. And this is this is what it is. I think you're my best player in this situation i think that our best case scenario and our highest ceiling of this team is if you are the starting three and you're hitting threes and you're doing this stuff but i need you to do x y and z and if he can't buy into that then you don't need to be here obviously he's buying into it and he's trying and that's why he's been still out there and you see him getting better saw the effort this game you saw the saw the effort from chris bell he was on the floor he was diving he was getting rebounds he got five rebounds i mean I saw the effort. I saw a different Chris Bell, and you know that I've been, I've been hard on him. I think we all have. Yeah, Dominic says his best best coaching job in years. But, and I mean, I don't. It's, it has a lot to do with who he's got, too. This is a different set of players. Like just in generally speaking, they have. It's more athletic. I think that they're. I think this team is. Absolutely. I think that this team, by the time it's all said and done this year, I think this team would beat last year's team, hands down. Uh, I think. I think. True. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it has a lot to do with with who you got and what coach has done in the past couple years when he didn't have who he had. I thought he was doing just as good of a job. The problem is, is that you don't have enough W's. So it's hard to justify even saying that, right? But who did, you know, we just didn't have it. We just didn't have the depth. Well, sometimes it you was, the, ros- it was, the roster, right? And that's what it is. Yeah, like, it was I the felt roster. like there was a bunch of times last year where we were just stuck with who we had. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, you know Buddy, Buddy, he grew up in, he, he grew up in the wrong era. <laughs> because <clears throat> him, on, him on this team would be a game changer. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, it's who you got and what you're able to do with them. And, you know, we've got some good young athletic guys, long guys. And I just think that that's, that has to be noted when you're talking about how good of a job he's done from three and four to eight and four, you know, where we're at now. So it's, it's been good. Oh, yeah, dude. dude and that's, that's like it's a, it's a Dom's comment about he's a bartender who has to make a different margarita every game with the same ingredients like that's. As long, he, that's what he's been doing. Yeah, like we saw chemist. a game. We saw a game where he took Joe out. We saw a game where he took Jesse out. Like, I mean, he, we're in a situation where no one's safe. And if you're not playing good, he's gonna. Yeah. Because what he's gonna do is gonna put your ass on the bench, and they're gonna motivate you, teach you up, coach you up, make the change, and then go, and apply it. And we've seen it over and over and over again. And I'm just glad that we're at a point now, 
where, and again, we don't know if it's because of, you know, our sanctions that we had and how long it's taken. Who knows why it's been this long? But I'm so glad to finally see a team to where we have so many options and he can go back to almost kind of like the coaching I remember him coaching. I mean, we talked about it before back in the day where you had nine, ten, eight, nine, ten guys where if you weren't playing defense, if there was no effort out there, it didn't matter who you were, you were coming out. And then for a little while there, it was like, uh, this is who we got. We got these six, seven guys, and we just got to, no matter what happens, we got to do what we got to do. Well, do you remember? Um, do you remember starting Cole Swider? Do you remember what we used to say? Like we're waiting for Cole Swider to do something. Like when's he going to do something? Like mm-hmm. like the stick poking meme, you know. Yeah. And it took till like ACC tournament time for Cole Swider <laughs> to turn it on. You know, it was like, it, was, it wasn't. It was a that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Yeah. I mean, but no, it was towards it, the end yeah, of the year. I mean, dude, this guy. Look, we had two, two two way, two guys that got two way NBA contracts. Right, like there's no reason why we shouldn't have been better than what we were. Absolutely, and, it's the chemistry. And Jesse, was so obviously, too. Jesse, Jesse getting hurt hurts. Joe being out of position hurts. Um, and I think you know, yeah, that's had, why when you look yeah. at this year, Jesse is Jesse's way better than what he was last year. I feel like absolutely. And Judah totally Mintz is. I mean, we haven't even seen the best of him yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's let's hit the uh, let's hit the let's hit our portal. To the portal we go. To the portal. Dominic, unmute yourself. <laughs> What's up, my guy? Oh, my God. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't. No. I can't. Uh. Hold on. Dom, you're muted right now because I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm going to unmute you in a second. Whatever you're doing, get it straight. <laughs> because... <laughs> because... Uh, I, something's not right. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna unmute you. Let's let's try this again. All right, Dominic. Can you hear me now? Holy cow! Yes, we could hear there you. We could we could there hear you is. before. That was the problem. Go ahead. That you know it happens when my phone is charging. I'm, I've learned. I got to take it off the charger. Okay. I don't know why. That's very strange. The anyway. iPhone sevens do that. That's what <laughs> that's what Joe's got. I think I got an eight. So oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I got an upgrade, Dick. No, I, I, my, mine is a wireless charger. So that, I think that's what it does. Okay. If it's hooked up to the wireless. Anyway, right. hey, you know, th- this team reminds me of an early 90s team. And a lot of people don't remember. Jim used to sometimes play eight or nine guys, like when Moten and Autry and, and all them. I mean, he was just rotating guys in and out. And whoever, I don't want to say riding the hot hand, but... Say it again. Say it one more time. I don't want to say that he was he used to ride the hot hand, but he would he would he would bring out different guys for matchups. And okay, who's playing best against against this guy? And I I noticed I was home this weekend. I noticed when the and when we started to make our comeback, he, Jim was saying, okay, these this this defense plays well against these guys. Also, one of Cornell's guys sort of um, got into foul trouble early. Uh, with two fouls in the first half. But um, Jim can coach, and he just hasn't been able to the past few years and has had to play six guys because he didn't trust the other guys on his bench. And I actually think that this team, like he says, this is the best recruiting class he's had in years. I think he trusts these guys more than he's trust other players that he's had in the past. And that's why you could see you see him making like this drink that I said. 
and every game is different. It's, it, there, somebody else every night could be the star of this if it's not Edwards or, or Mintz or Joe, um, or, or at least, let's say, star 1A. And I, that's what I like about this team the best. Um, they may not make the tournament this year, but they'll make the NIT, I think. And I think that'll be even better for this team. I don't think that Mintz is, has a three-point shot to go to the NBA yet, um, which unfortunately I think that would make, you know, Copeland will probably leave if, that, if that's what happens. But I like the makeup of this team. I like the grit. Um, they showed me a lot the last two games coming from behind. And um, I just enjoy them. If, you have a good night, guys, because uh, I got to be up at five in the morning to deliver. This is the bad week. This is the work week. I hear you. I hear you, Dom. We appreciate you. I'm sure all the people in your, in your area appreciate you. Don't screw anything up this week. It's very important that you get those packages to the right place, Dom. Okay. Oh yeah, this is this is the week, and then you get all the letters from Santa, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but me and my wife, we actually write them letters back. It's it's a hard week, but it's a fun week. Wait a so, second, it's, my grandma yeah. used to do that. Oh you, she, oh yeah 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 yeah. She would yeah. write letters yeah, yeah. at Santa to the kids. Yes, sir. That's cool, man. That's she cool. Used there, to work uh, part time for the post office. Oh, that's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. It, it's yeah. it's it. It is a hard job this time of year, but it's really fulfilling. And, and you know, so it, it yeah. is what it is. Hey, you guys and I had a, good, I, uh, hey, look, Dom, I had an uncle that uh, delivered mail too. And, um, gosh, in Syracuse, you guys, hey, look, you guys, yeah, in Syracuse, oh. you guys get some, you guys get some good gifts. Not down here. <laughs> no, well, that's unfortunate. People in the that South are tight. Syracuse <laughs> My mailman gets a tip. Yeah. Hey, on my route in Jersey, I had 394 deliveries and I made about four grand my last year on it. And that, that's just cash. That's not even the gift cards and, and wine and all the cigars and everything else I would get. Problem is, Damn I you. never I never know who's grabbing the tip because there's like three different mailmen. Yeah, that's that's the way it is now, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not yeah. the way it was. I it, it The job is December 30th is my 22nd anniversary with the Postal Service. It has changed so much in 22 years. But um. You all have a great Christmas. I probably won't hear you do the after show for for Pitt because uh, the game is so late. But you all have a great Christmas, guys. Okay. Hey, hey Don. You too, bud. Even you all in 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 the uh, in the chat have a merry Christmas. Okay. And uh, Waterboy, that baby of yours. I don't know what happened. You got to wind her up fright. a little bit more. Stage fright. <laughs> all right. Bye. All right. Later. Yeah, bud. Um, yeah. Taking the time to write letters back to Santa. That's a special guy right there. That's our guy Dom. That's our guy Dom. Hell of a guy. Um, all right, let's. I think I had a point to make, but I don't remember it. Let's 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 wrap this thing up here. Oh, there's Dominic right there. Happy for the win, but we started off slow against any. If we start off slow against any ACC teams, it's going to be a long season. Yeah, I mean it's going to be tough. It is. Um, Nadal, top fan. Some of those defensive rotations on shooters in the second half made me giddy. Yeah, that was like I said. There was there was around the perimeter, and I feel like it was easy for Syracuse to be able to close out. I mean, they were playing really good defense, and yeah, they missed some open ones too. They missed some open ones. They did. They did. <laughs> but that's what happens when you're hitting the panic button and you're not mm-hmm. you're not you know in your zone, which is where they were in the beginning of that game, and it looked like it was going to be a runaway, and um, you know, but resilient. Not for anything, you can't say this team hasn't been resilient. That's a great word. Great um, word. Grab it. Dave. 
That's that's not top fan. This is top fan. Top fan. Dave on Facebook. I, I don't know why I keep doing that. You've already that button like four I, times. I know. How in the I don't world? know how I keep doing that. it. No, the the buttons are pretty damn big. Um, it's well, then just, what? Look, Joe, I hit that button a lot when I edit and stuff, so it's just like muscle memory. That's that's mm. all. Anyway, they're labeled. So there's oh that's that that's, <laughs> glad, I'm glad you admitted that <laughs> they're labeled all labeled except for that the whoosh. <laughs> so uh, why are you even defending yourself? Um, I'm just being honest. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Are we gonna continue with fan feedback or what? Oh, yeah. Sure. Let's 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 see what we got left. Dave, considering Edwards was sick, I'll take the win. Judah showing flashes of greatness again. Yes. Um, John. Dominated at, later on and closed out the game excellently, even uh, a block with only six seconds left. Yes, no. right. So, um, that's yeah, pretty, that was that's pretty much it. Yeah, that was it, and it, it didn't need it, but we had it. So uh, that is going to do it, I think, yeah. for the fan feedback. Um, no, I mean those two. Those two teams are. I don't. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to put them in the Bryant and Colgate level. So to speak, I still think that if Judah didn't get disqualified, that we would beat Bryant. But yeah, I'd uh, like none, to, I would hope so. Sure. Yeah, but nonetheless, like these last two games, for these teams to come out and take the lead, but eleven point leads on us, maybe more, and for us to come back and get fifteen point wins in both of them, um, like you said, it uh, shows resiliency. Uh, I think that it helps young teams um, not, like you said, hit the panic button and understand it, that you know basketball is maturity. a long game. And yeah, exactly, it just helps you mature. Um, I mean, I think we're seeing it every game. We're seeing it every game with the, the team in total, but especially like Judah and some of these other young players that, you know, it's, you can see it starting to slow down. I mean, you saw Judah Mintz completely having a problem with like how physical they were and being up in their face, in his face and everything. And he was taking bad shots. Um, and then something clicked and it was a completely different player after that. And um, just watching this team is just it's it's and honestly like i said i mean i know we started at three and four but it's been like almost like a breath of fresh air based upon and i don't want to make it sound like because it's his sons that played and everything but last year was tough to watch last year was tough to watch even when you thought even when you thought that we hit a switch and we figured something out with jesse then he gets hurt and it's like uh and it was just like oh we're just gonna get all these four people just open to shoot threes right and it's just it was tough to watch and you knew you had guys that weren't gonna be coming back older guys that and we knew our our, our issues with our athleticism and rebounding and just all this other stuff I mean it was just tough to watch it's just the team wasn't as the ball handling on the past two years just was subpar. Yeah, I mean, it's the ball handling, but it, I mean, it was like handling the press, and it was like, okay, if you don't shoot good at three, like oh, there was like the press. Yeah, specific was things that we needed to do to even be in the game last year versus this year. It's like, oh, well, we got a guy for that on the bench. He's not playing. Okay, we got a guy for that on the bench. Yeah, and even though they're yeah. young and it's not Buddy Beheim or Cole Swider talent, um, they they fit a different role. They fill a different role. You don't have to be that as good as those players to fill a role. I need this guy to play defense and be athletic and rebound. Okay, boom, done. And we don't need them to shoot threes. So it's um, just it's been a, a breath of fresh air, and I'm, I'm just super excited about where this team can go. I am too. Um, like your brother said, you know, we don't know where the ceiling is. 
We don't know where the floor is, but we don't know where the ceiling is, and that's the positive thing. <laughs> uh, so, look. I think we th- found the floor. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I guess there were some bad showings. Like, you take the Bryant game, okay, and smacking a dude and getting kicked out. I mean, things like that. It's hard to take it and look and see, you know, like you said, like, we win if he's in there. I mean, I don't, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I mean, I don't know. It's tough to say. But I don't think I don't think we will see it get worse than it was in the beginning of the year on some of these losses, no. like, you know, the Colgate loss. Or the you know St. John's was a game. I'm willing I felt to bet like we beat we, Colgate today. <clears throat> I think it's. I mean St. John's is the one to me that I felt like we had that game, and you know it wasn't a runaway, but I felt like we could have won that game and we didn't. And Bryant was obvious, you know, to me too. So Illinois, we didn't stand a chance, and we probably still wouldn't. But I think we'd do a whole lot better than 44 points. So. Uh, um, but no, look. that's the problem. The problem is, like you said, is like our team right now. Go back. <clears throat> only team that beats us is Illinois. I mean, it, you could With make that argument right now. You, yeah, you could make that argument. Absolutely. Yeah, we could be sitting here at what? What are we? Eight and four. We could be sitting here at uh, eleven and one. No. So yeah. Uh, look real quick. If you didn't see what Chandler Jones did to the Patriots today, and I mentioned this. <laughs> I did watch it, dude. Did you? You told me, well, look, this is the deal. You told me the play, and I was like, shut up. Because I knew it was tied. So I'm like, okay. Why would you play play that kind of fuckery I have no idea. when it's tied? No idea. And I still believe that he literally was in the middle of the Raiders. I don't think he saw him. I don't think he saw him. He was right in the emblem in the middle of the 50-yard line, John Jones. I watched it. Oh, yeah, times. he blended in. It's possible. Oh, dude, I think he yeah. blended in, and he caught that pick, and he, he, he turned, you're damn right. He stiff-armed Mac Jones straight to the ground. He made a mud puddle out of him. <laughs> it was awesome. And I'm a, I'm a Raiders fan, so I was like, I freaked, I I freaked out. Fan. I'm a Raiders fan right now after yeah. that. I'll be okay. a Bills fan. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, by the way, but, Syracuse alum. You gotta love that. Well, well, right. That's why I'm even that. mentioning it. That's why I'm mentioning it, of course. So, uh, just tremendous. You, you, there's an overwhelming excitement when a guy from like the David Tyree catch. Like, tell me, right? You know, tell yeah. me you didn't like the catch was great. The play was great, but. Adding that dude, to be even like before a, that though, dude. Even before that, I was like, oh, dude, because he made the, like two or three Pro Bowls from like special teams, like guy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not for being like a wide receiver, but just like a special teams guy, right? Like, yeah. And he he made Pro Bowls because that. I'm like, oh yeah, he went to Syracuse as a Pro Bowl guy, like as a special teams Pro Bowl. Then he then he and takes then part him, in. Just, being then he does that an integral role of winning the Super Bowl. Like that, it, he doesn't catch like that. You don't play, win that game. A play that will be shown forever. Yeah, yeah. The helmet, and catch. that's a guy. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's cr- yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, what Chandler Jones did today was well. What the Patriots <laughs> did today was was second to stupid. <laughs> there wasn't second to stupid. Nothing. It was stupid. It was stupid. It was so first stupid. to stupid. What are you doing? Yeah. Why, dude? Just going to overtime. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the you, worst thing about it too is that they were like they had they were the seventh seed of the playoffs going into today, and, and co- that could very well be the 
the play that takes them out of the playoffs. And the other thing is, too, is that there was a questionable touchdown. And I understand if you're a Patriots fan with the question. I saw that touch. too. But you I know what? I don't think the, that was a touchdown, buddy. I don't think it was either, but who <laughs> gives a shit? You know why? Because Bill Belichick gets all those calls all the time. It's about time he doesn't. Okay? Not only that, but all I got to say is tuck rule. And this wasn't even the, the game oh, implication. The, the game implications here. So Raiders hate. Raiders hate. The game oh, implications wow. here weren't even close to that game. So you know what? Freaking deal with it. Okay, it kind of was. No, I don't think so, bro. That no, was that was a not, playoff game. That might have kicked. That might have kicked the. That was the, the start of the, of the dynasty, playoff. right? I mean, you know, that was a big deal. So, all right, let's get back on track here, and and yes, like David said, Raiders. I thought this was a Bills Militia podcast. Yes, Joe and I are going to start the Bills Militia podcast. We're absolutely coming, not coming up soon. Let's go, Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Oh, why? That's, that's, right. that's Scott Norwood. <laughs> another another Giants Super Bowl for Joe. Uh, right? That was the yeah, Giants, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Uh, we're asking for scores. David, David, David's on top of it. He's like, look, where's your pit prediction? Well, we did it. We did it um, without being live. But we did it. So I was I was seventy two to sixty eight for Cuse taking that game at home, and Joe was seventy four to seventy one Cuse. So I asked for yours. Let's see. Michael says sixty five sixty three Cuse. Low score. That I can see that score. I can see that score happening. We'll, we'll see though. Um, David's David's a, a little confident here. Seventy four to sixty seven Orange. So yeah. That's good. He's got they got the orange winning. So that's that's the important thing is that the the Syracuse Orange have have made enough of an um, an impact this year so far to have Syracuse fans picking them to win against Pitt. So Pitt's not a bad team this year. They're not a bad team. They're a better team this year than they were last year. We went one and one last year. So with that said, <clears throat> yeah. um you know, I hope uh, I hope we can pull this game off. This was my this was my my point in the season where I was going to answer Captain's all too asked question: Are we good again? And I will answer that question. I think after Pittsburgh, I said I would, so I will. And that's all I got to say about that. Uh, it's gonna be a little while. It's gonna we'll be see. a little while. So we'll be back here. Wednesday and we're going to talk pit and we're going to talk oh that's it no we're going to talk pit that's it I think oh yeah and then we will see you next week for Sunday for two previews a Boston College preview and a Minnesota preview for John Sean Ralph